Today we are celebrating the advent of love. The first reading is from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4. I will sing of the Lord's love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Now the second reading is from Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. The third reading is from Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or, his, or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And the fourth reading is from Revelation, verse, um, sorry, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And please pray for me for today's message. Lord, thank you for the love you provide for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, his substitution for us. And thank you that you've invited us to gather today as your people to worship you. And thank you for um, uh, just that your sacrifice to be able to stand here in your presence unashamed and forgiven lord and pray that your spirit would open our eyes to hear the message that um, mark would deliver that the spirit gives him the words to say lord um, and sanctify us by your truth and work in us what is pleasing to you today and for the rest of the week to be focused uh, daily on devoting ourselves to prayer and fellowship and meditation with you in your son's name amen All right, and uh, at this time, the Sunday school kids can be dismissed, and you guys can uh, go out and have a great time in Sunday school. And as the kids are going out, I'm just going to um, pray real quickly again. Dear Lord God, I just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come here and to be in your house, Lord and to talk about how you love us, God. 
Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the different ways that you show us love. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, well, thank you all for coming out this morning. We're, uh, we're happy to be here in God's house. And uh, we're, this, this week, uh, we, we've been going through the Advent, and this is the fourth week, and our theme is love, uh, as Tammy mentioned. So basically, I got the easy one. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about love, right? That's, uh, th- this is great. There's billions of words have been uh, written, have been sung, have been uh, tattooed about love, right? I mean, love, everybody is looking for love. Um, if you go on the Internet, you can find countless websites of people who are looking for love, whether it's Christian Mingle or Farmers Only or any other, uh, anything else that you, uh, anything that you associate with, you can find a website uh, for people who are looking for love. Um, In the Bible, we see the word love appears over 500 times. Um, And that's because God shows us his love in many, many different ways. Um, we could preach four sermons a week, every week, about the ways that God loves us. Um, there's a Christmas song that uh, Tammy and I like to listen to, um, and it says that love came down at Christmas. Uh, it's a great thought that Jesus, because Jesus is God and God is love, he came down. Uh, he came down for us, and in his appearance, it was love coming to earth. One of the most famous verses, John three sixteen, says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That, these are just a few of the ways that he shows us love. Um, God is often referred to in the Bible as our father. Uh, and he gives us a great example of what a father should be, the, the perfect father. Um, and, and in the Bible, he gives us many different ways that he loves us, but today we're going to focus on three specific ways. And our text was uh, what Robert read in Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And that's the text that we're in this morning. And we're going to look at that to see how God shows us his love by being present, by being personal, and by keeping his promises. Um, so at first, we're going to talk about how he is present. Uh, in verse 3, it says, uh, of Revelation chapter 21, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the f- throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Um, in the Bible, we see a lot of different places that God has dwelled. Um, they, they use this phrase uh, a lot that he's dwelled. And th- the first place we see is in the Garden of Eden. He was there with Adam and Eve. Um, we also see in uh, the Old Testament as the Israelites were traveling through the wilderness, God was in the tabernacle that they had. Um, we see as they built the temple, God, his presence was there in the Holy of Holies. Uh, later on, we see, in, of course, in the Christmas season, we celebrate that Jesus came to earth. And uh, in John 1, 14, it uh, says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God came, in, came down and dwelt with us in the form of Jesus. There's a um, 
phrase the, or the word that's used in all these different circumstances uh, is a Greek word. Uh, I have no clue how it's pronounced, but I'm going to go with skini. Um, so this word literally means to tabernacle. Um, so in John 1.14, it says that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Uh, it's, it's kind of a strange way to think about it, but that means to take up residence. It means that this is, this is his home. Jesus made his home among us. Um, the tabernacle is a very, uh, very physical idea that it carries around with it. And it's, when we think of home, again, it's kind of a, a physical idea that this is where God made his home. Um, and in Revelation 21.3, it says, Behold, the dwelling place where God makes his home, the dwelling place of God, is with man. This is very different than really any other God that you read about. Um, gods tend to exist on a different plane, right? Um, when the Greeks talk about gods, it's, it's they're off someplace else. Um, when we read any other gods, we think, when we think of God, we think of him off in heaven um, a lot of times, just separate from us. But here it says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Over and over again, we read in the Bible how God came to us. He came to the Garden of Eden to be with Adam and Eve. Jesus came to earth uh, to be with us. We see that in uh, 1 Corinthians six nineteen, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? God dwells in his people in the form of the Holy Spirit. He's taken this idea that that gods should be off on their own somewhere on a different level, on a different plane than people. And he's tossed that aside and said, no, I am going to come down and be with you. Over and over again, he tells his people that he dwells with them. This is sometimes referred to as the abiding presence of God. Very different than, than any, other, um, any other gods that we look at. Now, this is, this is great for us, right? We have God with us, right? If we celebrate, uh, there's a song uh, that we sing about Emmanuel, right? And, and that's God is with us. Um, the story of when Jesus came, that's what, that's what uh, the prophecy was, that God will be with us. Now, we love the thought that, that God will dwell with us. And, and one of the reasons why I love it um, is the way he, he says it, the dwelling place of God is with man. It makes me think of uh, like that the God belongs with us. This is where he belongs. Um, whenever uh, my little niece Ava ran off to Sunday school already, but whenever, uh, whenever I go over to my brother's house or, or if I see her somewhere and Tammy isn't with me, she always says, where's Auntie Tammy? And it's the same thing if she sees Tammy and I'm there. Where's Uncle Mark? In her mind, we go together. Uncle, Tam Uncle Mark and Auntie Tammy. <laughs> Uncle Tammy. <laughs> um, but we go together. We belong together, right? That's, that's all she knows. Well, for us, we see that God is saying, this is my dwelling place. This is where I belong, is with man. Now, you know, it stands to reason then that if God's dwelling place is with us, then our dwelling place is with him, 
We belong with him. So many people are looking for, uh, looking for a place to belong, right? It starts when we're in school, when we're young. Maybe we go and we try out for a team or we try to go uh, become part of a club or even just a clique. We want to belong. Uh, it continues on into our adult lives. Sometimes people get into relationships because they, they want to feel like they belong somewhere. Maybe you came to church because you want to feel like you belong somewhere. Well, God is saying, you belong with me. You have a place where you belong. You have a place that is home. Um, he will fill that void of belonging in your life. There's a, a song, if you listen to uh, Christian radio, and I, I can't remember who sings it, but um, there's a song and it says, All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world and give me Jesus. This is not where I belong. Uh, and the idea is that we get so wrapped up in everything that happens here on earth. This isn't our home. This, this isn't where we belong. We belong with God. And he's saying the same thing. You know what? Not only do you belong with me, but I belong with you. This is where I go. We go together. He's the peanut butter. We're the jelly. We go together. Um. <laughs> so he says that, he's, that uh, his dwelling place is with us. He's, he's there for us. He's here with us. And this is a way that he shows his love. Over and over again, we see that God is referred to as our heavenly father. He's a perfect father. Um, and a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people can have a hard time with God being called their father because maybe they had a difficult uh, relationship with their, with their earthly father. Um, but God is the perfect father. He shows us the way that we should do it. Um, his love for us in being there for us is something that a lot of fathers fall short on, right? Um, how many people have issues with abandonment because of their earthly fathers? And God says, I am here for you. He is present. We, we tell people all, over and over again, how do you show somebody that you love them? Well, you're there for them, right? And God says, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm here for you. You can count on me. Um, and this is how we feel his love is because he's present. Um, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's, it's, God's presence is a, is a really strange thing because we're not used to the idea that, that this God, this king, would come down and be with us. Um, we don't serve a king here in America, right? It's the, the idea of a king is kind of lost on us in a lot of ways, I think. Um, we fought all those hundreds of years ago to not have to serve a king. But as Christians, we know we do serve a king. And this king says, my place is not on my throne, in my castle, away from everybody. He says, my place is with my people. Um, there are so many benefits to having God there for you. And I'm just going to look at three verses very quickly. Uh, Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
In Psalms 23, 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I loved that we sang that this morning, and it was, uh, it was, it was so fitting. Uh, Revelation 7, 15, it says, They serve him all day and night, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. So we see in these three different verses, the presence of God gives us joy, it gives us comfort, and it gives us shelter. How many of us are looking for those things? Joy, comfort, shelter are there for us. They're there to be taken in the presence of God. The God of the universe, he sees fit not only to be present, but he's also present in a personal way. Um, Multiple times throughout Revelation, John mentions how God will wipe every tear from the eye. Uh, In our passage in verse 4, it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Um, This is a very personal act. Uh, Some of you are new here this morning. You know, if the Holy Spirit really works in you and moves you to tears, uh, at the end of the service, I'm not going to go down and wipe off your tear and introduce myself as Mark. That would be really weird, right? (laughs) It's really weird to wipe someone's tear off their face unless you're in a very personal relationship with them. You know, if Tammy is crying, I can wipe the tear off her eye. Pretty much nobody else in here is allowed. I don't want to get any charges pressed against me or anything. Um, this is personal. God shows this is a personal relationship with him. He'll wipe away the tears from your eye. That's how much he loves you. He cares enough to be this personal. Um, it's a deep connection. In Hebrews 12, 4 to 9, it talks about how God chastises his own excuse me, chastises those whom he loves as sons. And we've talked about this already this morning. Over and over again in the scriptures, God uses the analogy of we're his children. He is our father. What more personal relationship is there than a parent-child analogy, right? That's that's the most personal that we can get. He says, um, you know, I Tammy is is pregnant, and we're about to have our first child. And over and over again, I I talk to people who have already had kids, and they say, oh, but you don't know what it's like until you hold them for the first time. The first time you hold them, it's it's so different. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I guess I don't know then. (laughs) Um, But this this parent-child relationship, the reason why God uses that, because it's so personal, because... Um, there's nothing else like it. And the image of wiping the tears from our eyes is a very, it's a parental image. That's, a, that's something that a parent might do for a child. Um, God calls us and, and he offers to us a personal relationship with him. In John 17, 3, it says, eternal life is that we know God and his son Jesus. Um, Sometimes I think in churches we can get kind of caught up in um, the, the church lingo. And, uh, you know, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? And it just becomes this phrase that is thrown around um, 
Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? It, it becomes a phrase that sometimes is, uh, is sometimes used in place of the term uh, salvation. But really, those words have meaning. A personal relationship. Do you know God? Do you talk with him? Do you, do you converse? Um, do you know each other? There's a, this great scene in the movie Elf. Um, and Will Farrell's character, Buddy, is uh, in New York City, and they, uh, they're at the store, and they announce that Santa is coming. And he just goes nuts. He's like, Santa, Santa, I know him. I know him. He's so excited because this guy that he knows is coming. And he, we know because of previously in the movie, uh, Buddy is an elf, and he's spent time with Santa, and they have a personal relationship, right? Um, we can know a lot about somebody without knowing them. Uh, you know, I can sit down and read every article and listen to every interview about Tom Brady. That doesn't mean I know him, right? There's a personal connection. And a lot of times that personal connection for uh, for us to know God is through prayer. Uh, there's a conversational nature to prayer that deepens your relationship. Um, and Kyle wrote recently to us, uh, and, and it was very poignant in, in my heart because I've been thinking about these things, but just our church and how, uh, how our church would grow and be sh uh, so much stronger if individually we each had a vibrant prayer life. Uh, because that's how that's a lot of how we we know God uh, through those times with him and and in his word, certainly, but also uh, through that time of prayer. Um, God wants us to be personal with him. Uh, and it's evidenced by how he says he will wipe away every tear. Uh, we, we've talked about dads and, and how they might struggle with um, with their presence with with being there some some dads have a hard time with that and uh you know sometimes it's for good reasons sometimes it's not um but others are there other fathers are there our, our earthly fathers and uh they they just have a hard time being personal uh i spoke with somebody recently who said uh they their dad was a great dad he was always there for them but he only told them he loved them once in their life they could only remember it once and um and I thought, ah, oh, like, like it hurts. Um, but God shows, a, you, know, you know, these earthly fathers, sometimes we struggle with being personal with one another for, for many different reasons. But uh, God shows us the perfect example. He, he tells us and shows us he loves us over and over again um, just by just by his actions, and, and even in this verse, that he'll wipe away our tears. Um, oh, gosh, how, how wonderful a thought that God will wipe away our tears. Um, and if you read the Psalms, you'll see this personal relationship between the, the writers and God. Um, so, so deeply personal. Uh, not only does God show his love by being present in a personal way, but he also shows it by keeping his promises. Um, the end of verse 4 says, 
and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Um, this is a promise that God has made to you. Uh, no death, no crying, no mourning. Uh, this is, the reason why this is the case, he says, for the former things have passed away. We're looking at, uh, in Revelation 21, we're looking at how things will be in the future. Um, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and there's a lot of things that happens between now and then. But God says, the former things have passed away. That's because the, de- the debilitating effects of sin have been defeated. Sin has been defeated. And we know that Jesus did that work on the cross. Um, all that hurt that you feel, all the pain and the crying, God will take that away. He will take it away from you. He says right here, there will be no more mourning, no crying, no pain anymore. And we can believe that because God doesn't lie. In Titus 1-2, Paul says we can have hope in eternal life because God promised it and he never lies. In 1 Samuel 15-29, God will not lie or change his mind because he isn't a man. Men change their minds, but not God. In Mark 13, 26, Jesus says, They will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with power and glory to gather his elect. Uh, this promise we can count on as well. Just like all those years ago, 2,000 years ago, we, we cel- we're celebrating Christmas this upcoming week. 2,000 years ago, people were waiting for Jesus. They were waiting to see when he would come. And the Messiah came. And then he said in Mark 13 that he will come again. We can trust God because he keeps his promises. You know, God shows his love in many different ways. Um, He's personal and he's present and he keeps his promises to us. Uh, There's another one that he made too in 1 John 5, 10 through 12. It says, Whoever has the Son of God has eternal life. God offers this love to us. This love that he talks about in Revelation 21. You know, if you came in this morning and you're looking for a place to belong, if you're looking for somebody to love you, there's somebody there. There's somebody there that is willing to offer you that love. Romans says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you're already saved. Maybe you uh, have been in church, but but you haven't felt very loved recently. Um, You've been beaten down. Listen, God is here. He's here to show you his love. Um, When when I came in this morning, I was uh, thinking about how you know, we, we need to talk about God's love and, um, and how, you know, people who, who maybe don't know about it need to hear about it. Uh, and how those of us who do uh, need to praise him for it. And, uh, and I, if I'm being honest with you guys, uh, that was kind of like a tack-on idea to me. 
like, oh yeah, you know, we need to remember to praise God for his love. That's, that's something that we should do. Uh, and as we sat here this morning, and David, you prayed, and, and we sang, um, you know, this, this story of God's love, this story of the advent of love, needs to be told for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that it needs to be told is because we need to glorify God because of it. A lot of times, if I preach or if I, I talk, I, I want to share um, ways, that, ways that the Word of God can help you. And I think that's, that's appropriate, or ways that God can help you. I, I think that's good because He can. Sometimes we just need to praise God for the great things that he did and the great things that he does. Sometimes it isn't about what we can get from it. The story of God and his love, the story of God sending his only son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth to save us, the story needs to be made famous. And we can't tell it enough. I'm going to uh, close in a word of prayer. Dear God, we're in awe of your love, it's endless, it's undeserving. We're undeserving of it. Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you that even though we don't deserve it, God, and not because of anything that we've done, but because of you, that you gave us your love. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, at this time, we're going to take uh, our communion.